How do you keep what God gave to you? And as we talk this morning, we're going to go over some scriptures. And I want you to listen attentively. If you're a person who write down things, write it down. 1 Corinthians 12 states that spiritual gifts are given to God's people by the Holy Spirit for the common good. Verse 11 says gifts are given according to God's sovereign will as he determines. Ephesians 4 and 12 tells us the gifts are given to prepare God's people for service and for building up the body of Christ. Gifts are given to men by God for the body of Christ. Gifts are given to men of God for the body of Christ. The gift is not given to me for me. And the term spiritual gifts comes from the Greek word, and it's, it gives us a identity to something. And most of our problem is we want something. And that's not a bad thing that we want something. It's not a bad thing to want gifts. Aren't you glad when Christmas comes? Is there anybody that wished Christmas gifts did not come? No matter how many you got last year. If your birthday was three days before Christmas, your expectation on Christmas morning is that I will get a So expectation of gifts is not bad. There's many gifts. While there are different kinds of gifts in 1 Corinthians 12 and 4, generally speaking, spiritual gifts are God-given graces, special abilities, special offices, special ways of manifestations, but all meant for the work of service in God. To benefit and build up the body of Christ as a whole. Now, Christmas gift come Christmas morning, I really don't have you in mind. That's right. Come on. Come on. Does your child look for the present that does not have their name on it? <laughs> Do you look for a present that ain't got your name on it? You look for the one that's got you written on the top. Everyone looks for their gift. And in the body of Christ... We've all been encouraged and pushed to find what is your gift. It's been put in our heads. It's been preached to us. It's been taught to us. It's been slid by us. It's been flashcard to us. So much so that if I don't have one. 
I feel kind of like you think I'm feeling right now. <laughs> Anxious, kind of not really somewhere, not fitting, not not something. Because I ain't got one. Ministerial gifts. We know most of them that have a certain title, a certain label to them, a certain something that lets me know I have that. That apostle, an apostle established and builds churches. He's a church planner. Prophet. Prophet is is Greek means to foretell in a sense of speaking for others. You have the evangelist. An evangelist is called to witness for Christ. You have the pastor. Pastor is the shepherd of his people. You have the teacher. Sometimes the teacher and the pastor often is kind of shared, but the teacher is the one that teaches you the lessons of God. Then you have another office is a manifestation gifts. So you got the ministerial gifts, then you got these manifestation gifts. And the manifestation gifts are reveals the power of God. These gifts are supernatural, they're supernatural in nature. They can further the subdivided into three groups of utterance, power, and revelation of these gifts. So I'm going to tell you about those. Utterance, these gifts say something, pretty much. They say something. If you utter, you say something. So that gift said something. Power gifts, this gift got to do something. If you don't do nothing, you ain't got no power. Most people don't think power unless you do something that can't be done. That's the person who got the power, who do something that can't be done. You got revelation gifts. These gifts simply reveal something. Then you got the utterance gifts. Utterance gifts are prophecy. These gifts foretelling, they're inspired by God, primarily by, to the church, for the purpose of confirming the written word and building up the entire body of Christ. Everything still is for building up the body of Christ. Speaking of tongues. These are supernatural utterance of unlearned languages, which is interpreted so that the entire body would be edified. Interpretation of the tongues. These are supernatural interpretations of the unknown language to just translate into a language that the hearers in the entire body will be edified. Everything has its purpose and everything has its time. Let's get to the power ones. (laughs) These gifts... Is not faith that is measured in everyday life, nor is it saving faith. When you have a power gift of faith, supernatural faith given by the Spirit to receive miracles or to believe for miracles for someone else. That's a gift of faith. When you can believe enough that if you don't believe, you're going to get your miracle. My faith will activate the miracle in you. That's a supernatural gift of faith. Gift of healing. This is supernatural healing. Beyond natural means. The aspirin didn't do it. The medication you took didn't do it. 
The doctor told you something that naturally is impossible to change. So healing is something that changes the nature of the law of the land by the spirit of God. That's healing gift. Miracles. This is supernatural suspension of natural laws. Or intervention of the natural law by the Holy Spirit. Cancer is real. A supernatural intervention comes in and takes that which is naturally there and intervenes between what you know is there and changes it. Come on. Changes it. You naturally know it's there, but the only way it was naturally changed, something supernatural came. Now, someone who you believe that touching agrees in it, you come to a service and that happens, that's a gift. A supernatural gift of miracles. Everybody ain't got all of these. Revelation gifts. Words of wisdom. This supernatural knowledge applied into a godly manner for a correcting way. Insight into truth. Words of knowledge. A supernatural knowledge of facts. Supernatural knowledge of facts and information that only could have been revealed by God because I didn't tell you that fact. Now, you know what I did Tuesday last week ago at three o'clock and I was the only one there. You have a supernatural gift of knowledge because I didn't tell you. And the only one telling is the only other one that saw me. That's a supernatural gift. Discerning of spirits. This is supernatural ability to distinguish between spirits, which is good and evil, truth and deceiving, pathetic and satanic. Uh You either one or the other. The gift is. What if you ain't got one of them? But, you know, Christmas time comes. Sunday morning, we're in church, and I say, you know what? That kind of looked like mine right there. It's got my name on it. I come up to the front of the church, and I'm believing God that I'm going to get a gift. Because I've been told I need one. I haven't been told straight to my face I need one. But some reason, I don't feel like I'm whole in Christ unless I can get one of these. But you know what? This wrapping and this bowl really ain't for me. It really ain't for me. What's inside of there is for me. The problem is, is I want you to see my rapping. Because you know what? I need you to know I have a... (coughs) 
Because see, you think I'm not whole standing here unless I got something wrapped that you can see got my name on it. But I need you to know see, the emotional part of getting the gift is shared with everybody. Because the excitement of the gift is the actual getting of the gift. So now, I feel complete that I got my gift. And right now, I remember Pastor Ben brought me my gift. And I have a connection with Pastor Ben because he brought me my gift. He was the bearer of what I felt I had to have so I can show you I have a gift for my validation. You ain't told me I need a validation, but the way we preach for years, we don't feel like we're validated if I don't have a box with a bow on it. So you can see that I have this box with a bow on it. Now, brother, man, you good. We real good now. Because I have a box with a bow on it. It could be nothing in here. But you just validate me because I have a box with the bow on it. So I have a gift. Y'all can see his wrap, Christmas wrapping, Santa Claus and all of that on there. It, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. That's, my, that's my name right there. <laughs> Problem is, is actually that's not my name. That's right. Come on now. Let's say Shirley. <laughs> but you don't know that. All you know is I got a gift. And the gift looked like it fit me because I have it. It's in my possession. I'm holding it. I'm walking around with it. I'm holding it real good. I know how it feels, and I got everything. I feel the weight. I know. I know this. But I ain't the one that decides if my name go on this gift. But since you know, you saw me able to use this gift very well. You say, my name's on it, and you are gifted in that. Thank you for right now. Now that I have your attention, which one of these is yours? But Brother Ben brought me my gift. I touched and agreed with him, and we connected, and I have my gift now that you can see. And it's very, 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 very valuable to me because I feel the validation of it now. But you know what? The, the issue is, is maybe in my left pocket that's always been with me, it don't look as big as that one. It's just got a little pink bow on it. That one's wrapped 
with paper and it's got a big green bow on it. So if I was to look at it and see which one was the better of the two. Would it be the big one? Which has a lot of room. A lot of stuff can be in there. Or it's the little one, which is limited room. And it's limited stuff. But you know, the, the problem really isn't in whether the gift comes in a big box or a little box. But you know what? There's a scripture that we heard, that we read before. And I'm going to read it again today. But what I want you to do, if you can, I want you to try and not remember the end of the story. Can you read scripture and not try to remember the end of the story, even though you know the story? This story is one you heard, and it's telling you about the talents. And I could just let you think of it and you will remember the entire story. But we're going to read it again today. And we're going to start. It's in um, Matthew 25, I believe. Starting at verse 12. Now I'm starting at verse 14. For the kingdom of heaven is as a traveling man into a far country who called his own servants to deliver unto them his goods. And unto one has five talents, to another two, and to another one, to every man according to his several ability. And straightway took his journey. Then he that had received the five talents, went and traded with the same, and made them five talents. And likewise, he went and traded. He that's received two, he also gained another two. But he that received one, went and digged into the earth, and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoned with them. And so he received that he received five talents, came and brought another five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of thy Lord. He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou hast delivered unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. 
enter into the joy of thy Lord. Then he which had received one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, and gathering where thou hast not strayed. And I was afraid, and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, thou that hast that is thine. His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou nearest that I reaped where I sowed not, I gathered where I strawed not, and us therefore to have put my money to the exchangers, and then to my coming I should have received mine own with usury. Take therefore the talent from him, and give it unto him which had ten. Small thing, seemingly. Seem kind of harsh. See, I say things to God that most people might not say. Because when I have heard that scripture so many times, I say, Lord, you was kind of rough on brother man. (laughs) You didn't just, you know, Say you did wrong, son. You said you wicked and slothful. And then you cast him into utter pain and torment. Because he hid his gift in the ground. So what happens to us as people, I kind of don't really know whether I want one of them or not. It just may be that it's better off that I don't have one of them because just in case I fumble, I don't. Now, you didn't say that in your mind. You didn't say that in your mouth. But in the back of your mind, you're like, you know what? If I don't get this gift right, something pretty bad might happen to me. So the inner man of you starts backing up from that gift. And you keep putting it off. You know, I really shouldn't use that because I don't know. I might not be the two man or the five man. I might be the one man. So to me, I'm like, Lord. Something about that just seem a little rough to me. You make your people not want gifts. He said, did you read it? It says that you cast him in the hour of darkness for a talent. So you know what I just say? Well, maybe it's a, a talent thing. A talent. A unit of currency referring to silver is equivalent to 6,000 denarii, where one denarii is worth a full day's wages. Therefore, a talent was far greater in value worth six years of wages. Mm. That box look a little bigger now. <laughs> Talent, 3,000 shekels equals 60 minus. 3.4 kilograms metric, 75 U.S. pounds. Used as a measure of weight and money. If today's money 
and source of gold is worth $700. One U.S. talent, as referred to in Kings and in Mark and in Matthew, is worth $840,000. He hid $840,000 in the dirt. But God said that wasn't the problem. Wait a minute, you, you lost me. The value of it was for you to know. I already know the value of it. But you said he was wicked and slothful, and you cast him in the outer darkness because he hid it in the ground. He said, no, I didn't. He said, go back and read it. Again, we jump to the end of the story. If I give you, come here, brother Ben. I told y'all I was gonna use you today. Brother Ben brought me this present worth eight hundred and forty thousand dollars. Now, in the beginning of this scripture, that gift was for me to. Use. I knew Master was coming back. It was a time frame for me to use that gift while I'm here. But that was a day of reckoning. And see, that makes us fear getting this because there might be a day I got to reckon that I did not sing when I was supposed to sing. I did not. Pray when I was supposed to pray. I did not lay hands when I was supposed to lay hands. And from the way I've been taught, that scripture tells me I'm going to be cast out. Master came back for his $840,000 talent. In the day of reckoning, did you see that the one who had five, he brought all five back. Plus five. We paid attention to that. The two brought his two back. Plus two more. The one. Uh, Master, I knew you was. He started filibusting as soon as he got there. I knew you was a hard taskmaster. You sow what you have and you reap what you have. But it's a day of reckoning. And what it is is, I've hid your talent in the ground. If you read the scripture, it tells you that talent is still hid in the ground. It's the day of reckoning. And I'm coming to filibuster you. I'm lying to the Holy Ghost, telling it about all this good stuff. And I done hid it in the ground. And I didn't bring it back when I was supposed to. I stole it. And bring it back when he was supposed to. If I took $800,000 from you and I'm supposed to bring it back to you, what would you call me if I don't bring it back? Now go back and read it. It tells you 
I hid it in the ground and there it lies. He didn't tell him where it was. Why would you not tell me what my $800,000 is? Are you planning on keeping my $800,000? Wicked, slothful. You gave me reason to cast you. Wow. Had nothing to do with what he used this gift. It has to do that he didn't bring it back when it was time to bring it back. <coughs> he would have been okay if he had just brought it back. But he turned himself into a liar and a thief. So now there's no reason for you not to want to get a gift. The fear that if I don't utilize this right, I'm going to be cast into utter darkness is gone. I ain't got no more excuses now. See, I can even be the one, have a gift. But see, the problem is, is when you wrap things and you show it off, everyone decides by what they see of your wrapping as to whether your gift is used or not. The problem is, is most of the time you do the same thing. You don't think you're used by God if I can't put it in a box and wrap it and, you know, everybody can see that I have a gift from God. Would it be ten talents, five talents, or one? I need that validation. I need to know that God is using me. But the thing is, it's not always good to wrap some things. Because, see, we really wrap it for just the presentation so everyone else can know I have one. And I want to be the one to tell you what your gift is so I can be, you know, I can be on board with your gift. More than, maybe that bow right channel might be mine. Maybe part of the wrapping paper might have my name on it. In my status of stairs in heaven, maybe some part of it may show that I help you with your gift, my brother. And, you know, we connected now. We need connection. But when I wrap something for a long time like that man had, but you pay attention to what the scripture said. It says the master was gone for a long time. He went in a far country. For a long time. The longer I have this box, the less I remember Pastor Ben gave me the box. Yeah, right. The longer I have it, the more I start to think it's mine. Everyone can't get a box gift. Something happened the other day. 
I'm going to tell you a little story. When we were getting ready to do the Thanksgiving and the Christmas thing, Pastor Cheryl said, you know what, we, we don't really need to wait till the day of the cleanup to go clean the gym. See, everything that he said, they said this morning is all in my message. I wasn't going to say nothing. So I'm saying, you know what? I don't have very much time. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to go early to see if I can, you know, get some of the stuff out. The big stuff that I need to haul with a trailer out. So because it's not my stuff, it's not my stuff. I went and talked to Pastor on, was it Wednesday? Wednesday. Wednesday morning, when I went to work, I got up, do my normal day, my normal routine, went to work, had a counseling session. No, it was Thursday. Had a counseling session that evening. No, it was Wednesday. I had a counseling session that evening. So I'm thinking, well, I need to get back so I can get to the counseling session so I can do that. But then like I called and maybe the time frame was delayed. So that time frame that got delayed gave me in my mind, I need to make sure all my time is working. So I need to go back and talk to pastor about the stuff in the gym. So I can try and figure out what stuff he needs and what stuff he wants me to carry out. Because there's construction stuff in there. There's some stuff needs to go to a certain place. So I'm getting ahead of the game, going in there to talk to him. When I went there to talk to him, we used to sit down and talk. We started talking about the food drive. And the amount of stuff that they're giving, we're going to need an 18-wheeler. Okay. We called about the truck. Y'all say, where is this going? Trust me. We called about the truck. Found out that we cannot really afford an 18-wheeler. Because the cost of having it is really not worth what we have to do. But we have to pick the food up at a certain time. So we came up and he said, we're sitting there talking in the restaurant. He going doing his business. I'm sitting there. He said, well, you know what? Um, we get two trucks. Bam. Cool. You can drive one, I can drive. Yeah, any person can drive the smaller trucks with the lift gate, because we have to have the lift gate. What does it always got to do with it? Give me a minute. We get the lift gate, yeah, we figure out we're gonna do this after we called the company with the truck, and they told us it's a five thousand dollar deposit just for the truck. Just a deposit, they ain't got nothing to do with your real one. Just a five thousand dollar deposit. Then you gotta get your own insurance for the truck. Then you gotta get a driver, but you now you know you can't use our trailer, you have to use our truck and trailer. I'm like, oh Lord, this is getting expensive for some food. Gotta be another way. We like, we share. He called his friend. I called my friend. We can't get no answer. He come up with the two trucks. Solves the whole problem. We think everything's cool. You know what? We need to start cleaning up the gym. So we start discussing the gym. Went out there and looked in there. Started talking about stuff we're gonna use. Well, you know, Pastor Laura needs to come in and say what stuff is hers that she wants to keep. What stuff we're gonna go. I said, I understand that. I've been married to you. I know, bro. So we know we're talking. We thinking, I'm thinking that's just a normal old day. Nothing to do with anything. I leave that evening. He said, well, I'm going to get some of the guys at work to start breaking the boxes down. I said, okay, no problem. I'll come through there and get what I can when I can. My schedule's tight. So the next day, I go to work. I'm in this quarter million dollar machine that's been working fine for six to eight months. No problem. I'm working all day long. Doing my do. I'm the only one there. I can leave when I want, come when I want. I am my own boss. They don't even know whether I work today or not. 
But I can be my own boss because I will show up whether they know I'm not there or not. I'm not working. Machines start acting up. Shut off. What's wrong with this thing? Call the mechanic. Well, no, it's probably just a fear. Man, I just changed the fear filter. I've been out there long enough to know what I need to do. It's got to be something else. Okay, well, it just went dead on me. Well, we can't have a tech out there. Man, two o'clock in the day. It ain't time for me to get off. I couldn't just leave. Nobody would know it. But see, ethics means something. I'm like, mm, man, I should be working at least at 3.30, 4 o'clock. I need to put my time I know I put in, even though they haven't a clue. So I'm like, man, well, you know what, but you know what? I do need to do some things early real quick. I need to run by there and get this. The Lord must need me to go do something else. Well, that must be because, you know, I'm thinking ministry. Yeah, I can go by this. So I'm trying to go do what I need to do. I come here to Cleveland. My plan was to go by the gym. This was the day we had the treat street that got canceled. I'm coming by the gym. I'm going to go in there early since I got off early. Wasn't my plan that day. I'm going to go in there and I'm going to get the boxes out the back and take them to the thing. Because now you can't do it after hours. They're closed. They put a gate around it. You have to do it before five o'clock. So the Lord has made a way for me to go get them boxes. I'm thinking ministry. I can get the boxes cleaned out. I can come back for a second load, get the pallets, and I'm good. I've done a good deed today. So I go up there, and I get the boxes out, put them in my truck. I drive up to the building, thinking everything's just fine, not thinking anything. And the back door was cracked about that much. The garage door was cracked. It's never open. I'm like, why is the door open? I pull up, back up in there. Well, I'm going to go in here and tell them I'm going to get these boxes. So I said, no, I'm just going to get the boxes. You can tell them when you come back on your second trip. Okay. I go in there, I load all the boxes on the truck. Strap them down. Close the gate right back where it was. Left out, went and put the boxes in the dumpster. Thinking it's just a normal old day. Come back in there to get the pallets. Start loading the pallets. And I get a phone call from Pastor Cheryl. She's out at Tree Street with Pastor Lauren. They need me to get the menus for them so they can give them out. At the treat street thing. We all doing God's work. God's will, God's purpose. I go inside, I say, well, I'm here at the church already. I hear on the phone, he's at the church already. He can just go in there and get them. <laughs> I hear him working in and say, okay, yeah, I say, I, I go get him. I'm here already. Because I, I wasn't really going to go out there till 6 o'clock. Because I was going to go by and pick up my grandkid. What's this guy to do thing? Keep on. I go, so I was trying to get the boxes and stuff before I went out to the treat street because I was still doing what I was supposed to do with my grandbaby. Still just doing my due thing. I'm thinking everything's cool. I go in. So okay, well, I go in and get them now. I said, well, let me just go and get them now so I won't forget. I won't get sidetracked on cleaning this stuff up and I won't forget the, the thing. So I go inside to get the things, the menus. I walk in there. Pastor Laura's in there. Pastor Mary's in there. Pastor Levi's in there. We start discussing just things about the general, about the, the restaurant. And she said, yeah, you know what, I just... We started moving, Pastor Laura, I think, said, no, it's Pastor Amelia said, we got the boxes up out in the gym. I'm like, no, you didn't. I got them boxes up. She said, yeah, I paid my worker to go back there and get the boxes and take them to the outreach 
so that we can help you get the boxes out the gym early. I say, uh, I just took a load. My mind is, he took a load, and I took a load. She said, Pastor say, the boxes by the refrigerator, the stack? I say, yeah, I got them. We're like, he got paid for something he didn't do. I say, well, I just took the boxes up there. I know I'm... I'm cool. I'm just trying to do what I'm thinking I'm doing. So my mind went to, he said, can you be used by me? What do you mean? This may be a little ouchy. I made it, took three days. Now for me to come in, he went on his lunch break. To take the boxes. So he went after his lunch break, went outside, put the boxes that he could put in the dumpster right outside the building. I came in at the exact moment right after he did that, picked the boxes he was supposed to pick up, put them in my truck, and done what he got paid to do. God said, that ain't the miracle. She gave him $10 for doing what I did. God said, how much trouble I went through to get that boy $10. Because there was no other way she was going to give him $10 unless he picked up the boxes. The problem was I changed my mind about the boy after I found out I was used by God. All of a sudden, now the boy wasn't a good boy. Because I have a story. I put my gifting in a box and it didn't look right to me. As long as I didn't know the details, the boy would have got all the praise for putting the boxes in the thing. And nobody would have said nothing. The boy would have got his accolade. But God said, I needed him to get the ten dollars. It ain't got nothing to do with you. And I sit and I look back and say, wait a minute, it took you four days to get me to do that. And if I had not gotten a call from her to go inside and pick up the menus, I'd have never knew. How many times has he used you and you don't but since it's not in a box that I can put on the shelf so you can see it, wow. I don't feel validated. But how much detail did he put in $10? Use five or six different people to get a boy who right now, as we heard the story, I didn't think he deserved the ten dollars because I worked for it. <laughs> the problem is, is if God thought he deserved it, he deserved it. So can God show you your gift and you not get sideways? Can you not think it's something that is not? If he gave you the details of how he used you, would you change the way you feel about what he used you for? 
Would you make that person seem like he's worse? Would you treat that boy differently because you know he used someone that you knew to give him something he didn't deserve? Can he use you? It's supposed to be for the kingdom, not for me. If you want to get from God, want it for the kingdom. Don't want it for you. If you want it for the kingdom, it might not come in a box. It may not be one of them up there. And everybody around you may never see your box. But it don't mean you ain't got a gift. She can't put it in a box. Maybe it means it's so big God couldn't put it in a box. Come on now. But it's not one of the world see it. It's not one of everybody see it. It's not one of they all know it. It's only if he knows. All that matters is do he know. But don't let the validation of man who's low as you, equal to you, decide whether you have a gift from God. Amen. Don't judge yourself like that. You'll never win. Whether it's in a box or not, don't matter. Whether you see it on my shoulder, or even if I still got it hid in the back in the ground. That's not the validation that you should search for. God didn't say, I'm going to give you a gift so everybody can know you got one. I'm going to give you a gift so that you can be seen by man and told that you are who I say you are. You don't need the validation from nobody but me. I only give you what I think you need because I think you're good enough for that that I gave you. But everybody's just not going to be in a box. Everybody's not going to be an apostle, prophet, preacher or teacher. The gifts of laying on your hands may not be in you. You may not sing a song and it makes someone's heart turn. But can God use you in the middle of a week on a Wednesday? And you not know that he's using you, but you still know I hear his voice. I understand that God, even though everybody don't know that I did what I did. And maybe I don't even know. But I know you use me enough because I said use me. If you said, let him use you, he will use you. It really is simple. He will. He just might not wrap it in a box with a bow. So everybody can see. And validation don't mean, nor value means box and bow. God's gifts are for the obedient and for the body of Christ. Please don't let the gift change who you are. And if he decides to show you a glimpse one day of how he used you, don't change your attitude about the recipient. If the recipient isn't you. Can he use you? 
Can you be his hands, his feet, his eyes, and his ears? Can you do whatever the ever is that he wants you to do? To him it must matter. Because he went through an awful lot of trouble to make five pastors give a boy ten dollars. And y'all didn't even know you were a part of it. And I wouldn't have even known if he didn't knew I would be here this morning. And I needed to tell you. You are being used. Everyone in this room, you are being used. You are God's gift to his kingdom. You ain't got no label on you. You ain't wrapped in a box. But you are his most precious gift. You be you. You don't need to be me. You don't need to pattern your gifting after someone else. It's tailor made for you. And I kind of really like being out the box. No more excuses. No more fear that I'm going to misuse this gift God gave me. He's not going to punish and send you to hell. That man stole from him. you and there's something that he wants and the only thing he needs from you is one thing and when you sung purity of spirit all he needs purity of spirit. Not how well, not how high, not how low, how pure. That revelates through men's psyche, through their facade, through all they have in front of you. Nothing can stand the pure love of Jesus. And all we need to do is whatever it is that you have to do for God. Don't fear. Do it in purity. And don't always look for it to be in a box.
Spirit. But there's something that's here. I'm no one important, no one above anyone else. I just simply believe that God can use you. But we are willing to touch and agree with anyone who needs a touching and agreeing with. Because there's something that's about the human touch and spirit. Don't ask me how it works. Don't ask me why it works. It just does. Amen. Yes. If there's anyone who would like us to touch and agree with you, that God let me be my gift. Let me be your instrument of obedience to the body of Christ. Let me be that tool that you use. We will touch and agree with you this morning. Hallelujah, Jesus. We touch and stand here today, God. Now, Lord God, let this anointing that touches her, that's running through her body now, God, let it overtake any inciseness, any doubt, God. Let it be the beaconing of light that shines her way. Let it be that instrument that shows her her direction. In the night time, when no one seems to hear, no one seems to know the cry. Power and strength be in her, God.
perfect in how your ways go. In Jesus' name. Lord God, she said, that's not enough. I need more, Lord. 